Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Well, 
we could not have a proper Monday's finish without the switch tip with Shantice. Stop trying to prove yourself to people. Mm. As always, somehow or another, the switch tips are always kind of linked up at the end to, you know, the, the conversation at hand. And, you know, again, you're talking about being the first female police officer and, you know, this has to be an issue of her trying to prove herself and she can hang and she's like one of the boys and listen, listen, that's not for you to prove. You've been hired to do a job. Do it. That's it. That's it. And she wouldn't have found herself in such compromising positions. And, you know, you think about the things we go through in life. You know, how many times have we done things to prove ourselves to someone else? The only individual, the only, only entity we should be trying to uh, prove ourselves to is God. Yes, show God that he's worthy. Show God that. You're worthy. Come on, let's make that happen. Okay? Well, let's talk about a Tuesday church folk day rolled around. And we talked about the gospel singer out in Kenya who had an ex-girlfriend come on over to clean his house and to bring him a soup. So he says... And when he goes out to run errands, he comes back and finds her dead. Yep, she hung herself, according to him. And he takes her down. He takes her to the police precinct. Yes, he takes the dead body to the police precinct and tries to explain what happened. They're not trying to hear that story. Well, it's not only them, but neither did we. Not trying to hear that story either. Something's fishy about this story. Well, they arrest him, and uh, I guess we'll, we might hear whether they find him innocent or guilty. But uh, what a conversation. What a conversation to be had. Uh, just doesn't, didn't sound too, uh, too good to the pastors. Well, wow, Wednesday rolled around, and we started the uh, the morning off with our girlfriend Vivian and her socially conscious segment, and uh, hmm, Vivian talked about the teacher who was caught on video. Instead of breaking up the fights in school, she pulled back all the chairs and let the kids box it out. Yes, asking them. Did they know how to slap box? <laughs> oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. Well, we also threw that story out about the uh, the gospel singer and the pastor. And uh, the ladies didn't think that that story made any sense either. However, we also took the time to talk to our ladies and question was, 
what are some of the things that we really, as women, need to stay away from during the dating period? Yeah, while we're dating, do we need to be doing these things here? Well, Pastor Kim said, don't move in with him. Ah, Lady Tamika said, don't be giving up all your time. And Minister Michelle said, hmm, don't be giving wifely things to your boyfriend. Oh, my goodness. Powerful stuff, powerful stuff. And then we had that icing on the cake from our pastor, Charlotte, with her Faith Over Fear segment. That's how we spent our Wednesday. Well, yesterday was Therapeutic Thursday, and boy, did we have some Therapeutic Thursday conversation where we talked about the nurse, 30 years old, who died uh, trying to give herself her own liposuction surgery. Wow. Kind of out there, kind of out there. And we talked about the, I want to I wanna call her the senior woman. Yes, I do. The senior woman who was married to the 68-year-old man who was abusive. And uh, she fed him some laced, <laughs> some laced lemon cookies. Yeah, thought he was going to go to sleep, but yet he died. Woo, what a therapeutic Thursday over here on his due time with Pastor Steph. Woo, we needed some therapy after that. Ha! <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, that's how we spent our Thursday. Well, today is Freestyle Friday. And we get to do whatever it is, whatever it is we want to do. Well, talk to the men is generally what we do. We really don't do much else on a Friday. You know, giving God thanks that he has brought us safely through another week. Yeah. Ooh, some people didn't make it. But we did. So go back when we finish this episode. I'm encouraging you to go back and listen because this was some kind of week. Ooh, the stories. The stories, the stories. Yeah. Ooh, you know, all week, you know, I, I just marinate, you know, over the conversations that take place. You'll hear on this time with Pastor Steph. And, you know, we really have some deep conversations. Yeah. We have some deep conversations. Now, we get a lot of laughs in. We get a lot of laughs in. But the conversations are deep nonetheless. And, again, you know, I say, how can we even think about how we used to get our morning started? You know, three years ago, I used to be turning over at this time, going to sleep for the first time. For the night. But thanks be to God, you know, we've got our dosage of medicine first thing in the morning. And it's quite stimulating. Quite stimulating. 
So we're about to get this morning started. So uh, go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go and tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we'll be right back. Traumatic brain injury, or TBI, is an invisible wound in one of the main injuries for troops wounded in Iraq and Afghanistan. Naval medical facilities are taking time this month to promote research and awareness of TBI. We're finding out that um, the, the brain, once injured, takes a very different way of healing than we're accustomed to seeing, like if you injured your arm or if you had surgery or something. And so we're still understanding that that some of the injuries that the brain uh, sustains, we have to be more mindful about how we try to help people recover from those injuries. And, and it's still, you know, it's still a work in progress because there's so much that we don't understand. To learn more about TBI, visit the Navy Medicine website. From the Defense Media Activity, I'm Petty Officer Tyrell Morris. Well, 
I'll remember that next week, God says. Well, I came across this article that I thought was quite interesting. And it's an article about people who used to be bullies and they actually talked about what made them change. What made them change? You know, when we always talk about, you know, why people are bullies and, you know, a lot of times it's because they, they, you know, they've been bullied or they're being bullied or, you know, they're taking out their anger on someone else and stuff like that. So I actually have not read any of this. Uh, I just saw it this morning real quick and I kind of glanced at some of the preliminary uh, parts of the article, not the testimonials. <laughs> so I'm going to be as shocked as you are at some of this stuff, I suppose. So one guy says, I got a job as a video game tester and worked with people who were bullied when they were younger. We tell stories and things I found funny. They found traumatic and mean. As cliche as it is, I never thought about it from their perspective. I thought about my behavior was bullying until then. Wow. Help me to see it from another side. I'm much more empathetic now. Pretty ashamed about my behavior when I was younger. Wow. Isn't that something? You didn't realize that you were a bully until you got to be an adult. Now, how many people have you traumatized in your life? And here you are, a grown person. You can't go back most times to say I'm sorry, you know, to the people. Because most people, unless we kind of like stick in the same neighborhood or mom lives in the same or dad lives in the same neighborhood, most times you don't really see, you know, your, your classmates. You know, your old classmates, especially if you were bullying people, you know, when uh, when you were, like, in elementary school. You know what I'm saying? You really don't see those people much. So you really don't have a chance to even go back and apologize. So, you know, here you are, an adult, and as you're talking about this thing, now you're getting a realization that you were a bully. Wow. Well, well, you know what? I guess that's the way you can actually end up mentoring, you know, little bullies. Because now you know what it looks like, you know, as an adult. So, you know, better late than never, I suppose. You can always do something about it. Pay it forward. Pay it forward. Uh, here's another one. I was a mean girl, cheer, popular, thought I was better than everyone else. During summer break in high school, I went to camp. I was bullied by some other girls there so relentlessly, from hazing to emotional bullying to humiliating me and lying to get me in trouble. It was bad. After that, I changed. Wish it was earlier. Well, I guess you did. Now that you saw what it felt like to be a bully. Yeah, that's a lot of uh, 
you know, stuff you put somebody else through. And now, boy, when the tables turn, I guess it don't feel so good, huh? Uh, Here's another one. I was essentially bullied at home by family, and I took it out on those around me. Thankfully, I had some friends that let me know, you know, that I was being an idiot, and I apologized to the people I hurt. I'll always hate myself for the way I acted, and I don't think that will ever change. I still catch myself being a grumbling idiot sometimes, but I will never let myself be who I used to be. Wow. You know, let's 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 chat a minute about this. I'll never forgive myself. Listen. You know, I just got finished saying a minute ago that I'm so glad that I'm on this side of the fence. You know, God delivers you from so many things. And someone who has that self-hatred or that self-unforgiveness, that internal unforgiveness, you know, I'll never forgive myself or I'll never let myself live it down. That's a lot to carry around. And, you know, that makes me wonder, and I'm not saying, you know, this isn't graved in stone anywhere, but that makes me wonder about your forgiveness of other people. Because if you can't forgive yourself, how are you forgiving other people? You know, God does not want us to walk around. And it's funny, I was just giving to say that. I said that to Shantis the other day. You know, I have someone who we know and her son committed suicide. And when I spoke to her, she said, I blame myself. She said, and I know people, she said, people have been telling me I shouldn't feel that way. She said, but I'll, I'll never forgive myself. She said, and I'll always feel that way. And I'm like, oh, Lord, please, you know, you know, deal with her, you know. And, and there's a, this is a guy saying this thing about, you know, he'll never forgive himself. And you, you walk around like that, that's a lot of weight to carry. And, you know, Jesus says, bring it to me. Bring it to me. I will lift your burdens. Just give it to me. Oh, my goodness gracious. Over time and with new experiences, I stopped hating myself and my life. Then I started seeing value in my existence and realized I actually impacted people. Happiness for myself and others became my reason for living. My middle school health teacher used to tell us that bullies are hurting and that's why they bully. Yeah, as they always say, hurt people, hurt people. And, you know, you would think that, you know, hurt people wouldn't hurt people because they know how it feels to be hurt or to hurt. And unfortunately, that's not the deal. So if you know someone who's hurting, you know, make sure you pray for them. Wow. Okay, there's another ex-bully that says when I realized I was just like my dad and I really disliked my dad is when I stopped being a bully. Wow. Wow. Well, I hope that was like when he was seven, he learned. Uh, He didn't torment too many people before he realized that. 
I became shy after a bit. I just realized that, hey, I'm not better than any of these people by any means. I'm just below them. Now I help anyone I know who gets bullied or at least try to. Amen. Again, pay it forward. Pay it forward. Pay it forward. Hmm. When I was still quite young in my early teens, I realized I was modeling my behavior on one of my parents and that they were a very obvious bully. I took immediate steps to redefine myself as a person who carefully avoided that abusive tendency. Amen. 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 All right. I used to be really mean and bully two kids in my class in primary school. I wasn't okay mentally, and to be honest, I was taking out my stress on them. I still feel guilty. When I started middle school, my mental health got worse. My depression and anxiety gave me an eating disorder, and I started self-harming out of guilt. I'm in high school now. I'm a lot better. I haven't self-harmed for months. I go to therapy, and I found good friends. All right. All righty. Interesting. Bullying kids in primary school took a dive when they got in middle school. Well, well, you know, giving God thanks that that was turned around. If you need therapy, then you need therapy. Go ahead and get the help. You know, people think that, you know, Christian people don't need therapy. You know, they always talk about, well, go pray. Listen, that, that, that's, faith without works is dead. You know, sometimes you've got to get that stuff out. No, not sometimes, but you've got to get that stuff out. You know what I'm saying? And you have to go talk to someone and let someone help you get it out and sort it out. Sort it out. Deal with it. You know what I'm saying? And there are Christian therapists, Christian counselors. And those are who you need to find because, you know, some of these, you know, regular counselors, they'll tell you it's okay to do some things that uh, God is not with. You know, God is not saying it's okay to do X, Y, and Z. There are some therapists who, you know, tell couples to have a swinger's life. Well, that surely ain't on God's agenda for the couples. So you can't, you know, go see anybody. But I actually know a couple of pastors who are in therapy. Mm-hmm. They are. And probably a whole lot more need to be in therapy. <laughs> oh, my. I had a hard home life, and I took it out on people at school. My family was work, was working class, and we moved to a middle class area, so I was already treated like an outsider anyway. Once I left home, I started therapy, and I'm a lot better now. I still have a bit of a temper, so if people push me too far, I can still get nasty, but I can apologize and recognize if I was in the wrong. Amen. 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 There's nothing better than recognizing when you're in the wrong. 
Oh, boy. Some Christian people have a difficult time with that. I mean a difficult time. And again, you know, like I've said over the past couple of weeks, you know, we all have things that God needs to deliver us from still, still, still. I mean, they may not be as blatant or, you know, occupy, you know, much space in our life. But it doesn't mean that we don't need to be delivered from it, right? Yep. For more than a decade, I was a bully until people began to ignore me. Ooh, the popular mean girl became a ghost. I got sick of my toxicity, and I started to treat people right. I now have a few but real friends. I acknowledge how I was before in order to embrace the better version of myself, but I'm not proud of who I used to be. All right. That way we know you're not going to turn around and be that person that you used to be. Amen. Amen. I was on the road to being a bit of a bully at a young age. I was a big kid, and I would toss my friends around a bit. One got really mad at me one day and told me off. It was a sobering moment where I realized maybe other people were not finding it as fun as me. Pretty much stopped it all right there. I think I was 12. Wow. All right. Growing up, I was bullied and a bully in fifth through eighth grade. It was like fighting for a space in the pecking order for kids. It was super toxic behavior, and I didn't really recognize it. I stopped in high school and did my best to make amends with the kids I hurt. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Remember we talked about, you know, a lot of times you're not able to go back and fix the things you've done, but, you know, Nice, nice. Properly dealing with me and accepting the trauma, it made me ashamed to hurt, to harm others and gave me the mindset of treating others how you'd want to be treated because there's no telling what they had to endure in the past. Right. Think, think, think. And I want to say this one. I want to read this next one. I was bullying a kid at lunch, throwing stuff at him. A massive, to me, football player walked up and said something like, you think picking on people is funny? How would you feel if I picked on you? And he slapped me. I was 14, and I realized right there it was not my job to make people's lives harder, that there is always someone bigger and better than you. All right. All right, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, I have said that a million times. You think that you're the baddest thing in town? Baby, there's always somebody bigger and better than you. You know, I actually, like I said, I came across that this morning, and I just kind of glanced at the first piece of what was written in the article. And, you know, it said, well, you know, people who used to be bullies are now, you know, looking back. And reflecting on their bullying period and what made them change. So, you know, I don't know. I was just kind of inspired to to read that. You know, we are bullies in many ways. You know, we are bullies in many ways. People bully you in many ways. And 
you know, it's not until, you know, you really get that wake-up call that you realize, you know, that you need to change your ways. You realize that you need to, you know, do things a little differently. You get an opportunity to, you know, see that, you know, the behavior is not something that you need to be doing. You know what I'm saying? You got to get yourself together here. So um, let's uh, think about some things. Let's think about some things and get that together. All righty. Let's, let's think about what we might be doing. Let's think about what we might be doing. Are we doing something where we're bullying? Or, you know, take a page. Take a page out of these people's book. Now, I don't see anywhere where these people are claiming, what do you say, um, Christianity. I don't see anywhere they're um, claiming um, Christianity. And if these people can say, I'm sorry, if these people can change and turn from their wicked and evil ways, um, then why can't we? Why can't we? Why can't we learn to apologize? Why can't we learn, um, you know, we need to, you know, make people's lives a little easier. And what can we do? What can we do to make someone's life easier? You know, one of those people, you know, said, you know, I, I went back. And, you know, we don't always get that luxury. We don't always get that luxury to go back. You know, I told a story about how I went to a class reunion almost 30 years later. It was about 27 years. 27 years. And I saw someone who had done something really mean. And I had seen this person over the years, you know, a couple times. And whenever I saw the person, they jetted. Man, they jetted. I didn't see them for a hot second. Once they saw that I saw them, uh, they were out. And when I saw them at the class reunion, I was kind of surprised. I don't know if I'm surprised, but I was kind of surprised. And I guess because you, you don't know who's going to show up. And I had kind of forgotten it at that point. But the next day, we, you know, the class reunion was always in three pieces. They did something Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I saw the person Saturday night. And, you know, I went again to the meeting on Sunday, the gathering, and they actually walked up to me and apologized. Actually walked up to me and apologized. And I was like, wow, because what they had done was pretty bullish, <laughs> if you if you will. Yeah, as a matter of fact, they, that was a bully thing. And, you know, 27 years later, how often does that happen? How often does God deal with you and you get an opportunity to make amends 27 years later? Either one of us could have been dead and that opportunity didn't happen. So if God is giving you, I don't know who I'm talking to today, 
but if there's something you've done and you need to make amends for it, then then do that. Do that. Make sure you get that done. You know, give give God the glory out of your life and get that done. All right? We, we didn't read this for nothing this morning. You didn't hear. I didn't read it for nothing. You didn't hear it for for, for no reason. Some, something is uh is brewing in its due time with Pastor Steph World. So let's make that happen, okay? All right. Well, I've had this this story here all week, and I, I just chuckled because each day I was supposed to do it, I ended up forgetting. To do it, but because I always found something that I wanted to do a little more. But I saw this again last night. <clears throat> Came up on the radar, and I thought this was so funny. So there's this guy in Nevada, and there's some, excuse me, he had some squatters in his life, and he decided to handle it a, a little differently than you know some other people would have handled it. So they say that a Nevada handyman had some squatters who invaded his mother's California home. And I don't ever understand this thing when they say, you know, they can't do anything to get the people up out of there. And, you know, you, when, when, when you have proof, you know, these people don't have any you know, proof that they should be there. There's no mail that's coming there necessarily. And, and let me tell you, some squatters look like squatters most times. But in this particular case, you know, again, they said, you know, they couldn't do anything about it. And he says that, you know, it started when the father passed away and his mother couldn't live in the family home any longer, and they put the home up for rent. So they say this woman shows up. She identifies herself as a prison guard, guard, and she wants to rent the home, but she couldn't afford or couldn't offer any money, and she had no credit. And he said, okay, well, you can't rent the home because, again, you know, people are looking for, you know, good, decent credit. People look for you to have money. Hello? Well, how are you going and renting a place to live and you ain't got no money? Well, <laughs> homegirl shows up with a truck full of furniture and moved into the house. Now, my question, did you not have locks on the door? I don't know. I don't know. But it says she moved into the house. Well, um, she, the realtors started coming through, and she's been bullying the realtors. So then the, the man started getting reports from the neighbors that, you know, lights were on in the house and cars were there in the driveway and they knew that he hadn't rented the home. Now, remember now, this is a family home, so you pretty much got the same neighbors, you know, when you were in the house and you were raised there and, 
you know the neighbors, mom and dad's been living there forever. And so he goes and he, you know, reports this to the police and to the sheriff's department. And again, they're saying they could not help. So he then goes to the mom and he gets uh, a lease agreement. And he packs up all his stuff. And he packed a gun. Oh, jeez. He packs a gun and just in case he has to set it off. And he gets there at like 4 o'clock in the morning. He waits for them to leave. Him and his friends unpack all her stuff. He puts all his stuff in the house. Changes the lock. So they must, she must have went to remember that she's a prison guard. So they have long shifts. And she comes back looking for her house. And he told her, no, you're not doing this no more. So he said he squatted because the squatters were squatting. And that's where he's been living. Now, it's a shame you got to go through all of that. And she told him, okay, you know, no, okay, no problem, no problem. Well, I guess not. I guess not. Who does stuff like that, though? So, you know, we, we ended up talking at the last minute. Like I said, I've had this, this story all week. I've just been bypassing it. But you talk about bullying. And if this is not a case of bullying... And see, we don't think, and, and I guess you know, when I'm talking about it, I'm thinking about the fact that we don't think about this stuff as bullying. You know, you thought, well, you know, the squatters and, you know, you how you pack up your stuff after you don't have no, well, first of all, how you a prison guard and ain't got no money? Don't you get a paycheck? So even if you took that paycheck and you, listen, if you ain't got no place to live, you got a job. You take your paycheck, and you get, you ain't paying no lights, no gas, no water, no rent. So you should have a couple of dollars. Now, maybe this particular home is a little too much for you to afford, but go ahead and find somebody so you can afford. No, you pull up, and you move in. Now, see, see this, this, this is why I'm talking about people. Again, you don't think, you always think you're the baddest thing in town, baby. If you moved into a certain neighborhood, and I know you know what I'm talking about, you can pull this nonsense. You be them. You go ahead and pull up in Brooklyn. Go ahead and pull up in the hood. Talking about you don't have no money, and when they look up, somebody didn't see you in the house and know you ain't supposed to be there. See, they're not doing what this man did. They're going to bully you all right. When you look up, that gun going to be in your face. You know, I tell you, you know, yes, it's bullying. And this is what people are doing as adults. As adults. What do you think the kids going to do? What do you think the kids are going to do when, when we live like this? So he just turned the tables on them. So now he lives in the house. Now he lives in the house. Now they don't say how long she was living there, because that, that, I wanted to know how long she was living there. But they don't say how long she was living there. 
Hmm. All righty. There's this other story, and I want to make sure I talk about it today. I, I did find it day before yesterday. And this was really something that um that I wanted to make sure I talked about today because it's important. There's a young lady who's 35, and well, she's 35 now, and she's telling a story about a first date going horribly wrong. So she says that she met this, this young man, and they decided to go out on a date first date and she said that as he was driving she said he stopped in mid-turn now I don't know why she doesn't know why but it caused another vehicle to collide with them at about 50 miles per hour she said all she remembers seeing are headlights and thinking, like, this is the end. And when she woke up, she said her eyes were burning because blood was dripping in her eyes. And she said all she could hear was, like, a loud noise. Well, they were actually cutting the car open. That's how bad the the accident was. They couldn't even get them out unless they cut the door open. She said she had a broken pelvis. Um, Several ribs were um, were broken and she had a uh, completely shattered leg and she had to have reconstructive surgery um, so pins could be inserted into her leg she said that she came out of surgery in excruciating pain and the doctors told her that she might not ever be able to walk again or at least properly again she said she had to move back in with her parents, and she had to rely on other people to do everything for her. And you know, when you have, when you get to that point, that that's not, that's not a pretty picture. And she said that as she was in the hospital after the surgery, because that was pretty much immediate. She said her date came in to apologize. And she never saw him again. Never saw him again. Well, I guess he figured he had nothing invested. You know, it's the first date. She said she later found out that he was only 19 years old. <laughs> and she was at the time, um, like at the, like 30. And he had told her that he was 24. And she says, you know, looking back, you know, she's in a wheelchair, and she, you know, from time to time, she's, you know, able to get in a walker, and she's, you know, now, um, well, now she, well, she was in a wheelchair, and now she's, you know, by the grace of God, she's climbed from being in a walker to a wheelchair to crutches, a cane, and now she's able to walk unassisted. Still, as the doctor said, you know, not as well as she used to. And she ended up um, getting a complete tattoo on her leg because the scars were just really bad. 
and she said that she had to end up also filing bankruptcy because she ended up with a million dollars in medical expenses. So I guess maybe she, you know, didn't have any health insurance. Um, But she wanted to talk about the fact that, you know, this is, you know, a horrible first date and when you don't do your homework. Mm. And, you know, on, on our Relationship Mondays and the Due Time Crew, we've talked about so many things in this regard, you know, knowing who you're dating and asking the proper questions and, you know, really doing your research. And we also talked about, you know, a story where a young woman got into a car with the guy. She met him at the gas station that morning, and she ended up getting in the car with him later because they were supposed to go out. She had her own car, but she ended up getting in the car with him. And he ended up driving him to her house. You know what I'm saying. He drove her to his house. I'm sorry. And he tried to kill her. You know, he had targeted her at the gas station and said he wanted to kill her so he could see how it felt to kill. You know, and and I wanted to talk about this today because, you know, we have a responsibility to ourselves to make sure we ask the proper questions. Oh, Lord, stop getting in the car with these people. You know, get to where you're going by yourself. How are we on the first date? It's long gone up days, y'all. Long gone up days. Years ago, that's what they did. We can't do that now. You, listen, get to where you need to get to on your own. They don't need to know where you live. You get back to your home the best way. You can't, or don't go out. Don't go out. So here you are, you at the top of 30, or at 30, and he's 19 who claims to be 24. Well, if you're 30, do you need to be dating somebody 24? Especially, and I I don't mean no harm, but especially when they say women mature quicker than men. So now you have, you're 30, and he's 24. He already going to have, if, if that's the case, if that's the case, he going to need some years to catch up to you. Right? Right. So here you are. She said she didn't even bother to try to sue him. Well, why? He was only 19 years old. What could you sue him for? Who knows if he even had a proper license? Well, you could tell that he was already an inexperienced driver. She said because mid-turn he stopped. So who knows why he stopped? So I don't know. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's just unfortunately we have so many lessons that we learn. You know what I'm saying? So many lessons that we learn that we really don't have to learn. And, you know, such is life. You know, you got to learn from something, I guess. But just not, you know, mistakes. And, you know, I got our men on the line. They have all, you know, gathered together to join us. (laughs) 
So we're going to talk and find out, you know, what was their thought? What's their thought? Uh, what's their thought? Well, I do know that Pastor Vinny may have caught it all. I don't know if the other gentlemen have, but I'll say good morning to Pastor Vinny. Good morning, Pastor Vinny. Good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you? I am well, thank you. How are you? How are you? Amen. I'm good. I'm good. I just saw Pastor Brenda off, and she is at work. Poor darling. All right now. All right now. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. Amen. So, Pastor Vinny, we're talking about this woman who's now 35, and she talks about the fact that she had the worst first date ever at the age of 30. She met a guy, they decided to go out, and she, you know, in their travel, you know, he's driving, he stops mid-turn, and they have a terrible car accident. And she gets a bad, you know, deal at the end of the day. You know, she she says that um, she had, let me make sure I read this right, let me make sure I read this right. She says that she had a broken pelvis. Broken, uh, several ribs were broken. She had a completely shattered leg and had to get reconstructive surgery on the leg. And uh, she uh, was told that she would never walk properly again. Um, thanks be to God that she did end up going from the wheelchair to the walker to the crutches, cane, and you know she's completely walking mm. on her own. Not quite. You know the way right. she um she should be walking, or she used to walk. She later found out she got a visit from her uh, date, and she said he came and he apologized, but she never saw him again. And later on, she found out that he was actually nineteen and not twenty four, as he stated. And wow. Uh, she was like, you know, there's a warning here that she's she's tried to give to some other people, not just ladies, because it doesn't always happen to women, but know who you're dating. Know who you're getting involved with. I guess she didn't ask the proper questions. I would like to say when you say you're 24 and you're really 19, that something had to look a little off, but that's just me. Um... But, you know, what, what what would you say, you know, to, you know, to anybody, you know, you ain't had a first date in a long time, Pastor Vinny. <laughs> Who are you telling? Pastor Vinny. Who are you telling? You know, you and Pastor Brother have been married almost, what, 37 years? So you ain't had a first date years. in a minute. Okay, right. Yeah. So, you know, but you do have sons. You know, you now yeah. have a granddaughter. You know, what are you telling them? What are you t- Okay, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. And we, we, can, we can go here today. What do you tell your boys about dating? Well, the, the first thing uh, I tell my sons is, look, get, don't just grab somebody and go, go on a date. You you have to at least, you know, have some kind of, I'm not saying a relationship, but I'm saying some kind of familiarity 
with them, whether they're coworkers, uh, classmates, um, you know, you, you, you have to know something about them. Now, today, they, they have it a lot easier than we had it. They got all kind of apps to find out who you is. Okay, okay. There's all kinds of legal ways to find out uh, who these folks are just to get an idea. I mean, but but the app might be in black and white, but there still might be some gray areas, you know, in this person. So uh, don't get into a situation where you can't get out. Okay. Don't okay, get to, okay. you know, go go to a public, if you're going to go have a, a, a meal, go go to a public place. Go to a okay. public place where, where, where other people are. Don't go secluded, you know. I mean, and uh, I, I tell my boys that because, um, like you said, unfortunately, some ladies, they got stuff going on, too, that, you know. Absolutely. I mean, look. Look at this young lady that shot up in, in Nashville. Right, 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 right. You know, I mean, people got people got other other agendas, and you right. have to really safeguard yourself. Now, my guys, they big. The oldest one is thirty five, and it's thirty and twenty eight. So, they, and they big guys. Okay. You know, they big guys, and they and they're well mannered guys. Okay. Okay. You know, okay. they're, they're well-mannered because that's what we, we put in them. Okay. I'll I, I be, I be really I would really be surprised if, if somebody came and said, my son raped him. I'm like, what? You know, I mean, never say never, but it would, it would really be out of sorts for, for us. Okay. All righty. Well, thank you for that introduction because I got some You're other welcome. questions. Come back and ask uh, you in a minute. So let's talk yes, to our brother Al and see what brother Al, you know, would say to or has said to his sons. Good morning, brother Al. Chop chop and another chop chop of the morning. Oh yeah. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, brother Al. All right, brother yes, Al, indeed. you have voice. You know, what What was something you told them about dating? I told them, oh, man, I just told them quite a few things. I've read some of the stuff down. I tell, I, and, and I'm going to be real, I tell them never trust a big butt and a smile. Because these girls are pretty, they got a nice body. I'm being real. You ask me, I'm going to tell you what I told them. I said, don't trust a big butt and a smile. You know, I told them, don't trust a big butt and a smile. Because sometimes these women, they gorgeous, this and that, and they see nothing else. They don't see what's going on. They don't see that the girl is trying to use them. I told them that. I told them, never, ever take a girl, if you know what I mean, take her body. If a girl tell you no, that means no. I told them never, never put their hands on a woman. Like, I told them so much stuff. And, and I told them, don't play with the girl's heart. If you don't like this girl, then don't uh-huh. ask her. If you don't love this girl, don't tell her that you love her. Cause, and I told him there's a lot of broken women because women are more emotionally than men. So you go out there and you just trying to get between her legs and then you, oh, I love you this and that, and you know that's not true. Now you got a woman that's broken for the next person. So I, I had a big conversation with you. I tell her everything. 
And I told them, get to, get to know the person, you know. Um, and this is why these men have to be in men's life. Just, just to uh, tell you real quick, I got a friend of mine, you know. And unfortunately, the, the, the son father passed away long, long ago, and she never remarried or anything. But she's raising the son, and she calls me a lot for advice. And she just told me, oh, he met a girl. And she said, because he's 22 now. She's like, oh, he met a girl, and, and dang it. And she, he came to me, and I'm just listening. He came to me. He said, Mom, I think this is the one. And they looking to try to get our partner together. And I said, well, how you feel about that? She said, oh, I'm just so happy for this and that. Said, well, let me ask you this. How long have he known you? How long have he been dating her? Uh, uh-huh. They've been dating like two months. I'm like, are you serious? What? <laughs> I said, and, and I said, wow. okay? you are are you okay with that? She's like, well, you know, because is there some of them go by what they have? You know, I, I didn't have it like that. And, and you know, true love. I said, so you know, no, I said, he know nothing about her. And it's funny because he was there. And I said, hey, man, I heard you got a girlfriend. Yeah, Mr. B, I got a girlfriend. I said, cool, cool. I said, yo, uh, what, what's, her, what's her last name? He couldn't tell me. I said, what's her favorite color? He couldn't tell me. I said, all right, brother. I'll talk with you soon. <laughs> wait, 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 brother Al. So he... Is moving in with the girl and he don't know her last name? No, and they they working trying to get an apartment together. And I'm sitting there like, you don't even know her last name. You don't know what her favorite color is. You know nothing about it. And the mom is okay in it. And I'm like, I told her, I said, that's not a good move. I said, that's not a good move at all. I said, you know me, you know, I'm going to tell you the truth. I said, he knows nothing about this young lady. And you okay in it. And I said, that's bad for you to okay that. Wow. That's Matthew. Wait, brother Al, how are we going to get an apartment together and I don't even know the name you putting on the lease? Mm. Exactly. I don't even know the name you gonna put down. I don't know your credit. I don't you don't you don't probably know at twenty two, you don't know your credit. So how am I even setting up to even make this happen when one of the vital pieces of information I don't have. Wow, wow, wow. Exactly. So I can I can see I can see him and her sitting there and they going, uh, Miss Jackson, Miss Jackson and he looking around. Oh, that's you. someone like that and willing to deal with me and stuff. I said, it's not about that. I said, it's about getting to know the person. I said, you build by getting to know the person. So, what I, you know, she's not actually thinking about what I said. And, and I said, we're going to talk this weekend. I said, because he's getting ready to make a mistake, a big mistake. And I said, and number one, I said, he don't even have a full job like that. So what are you talking about? Oh, no, no, they're working towards it. I said, but he still should be working towards it. He don't know nothing about this female. And she don't know wow. nothing about this. Wow. And I would love to know what her people are telling her on the opposite end because she's making just as big a mistake as he is. You know, you yeah, don't have exactly. a job and they're working toward it. You know, 
You know, Brother Al, I, you all know I have three girls, and you know, my youngest one, you know, says little things to me. And it's like, I just want to go sit out in a corner somewhere. I'm like, where do you get this? Where do you get these plans from? It's like, you know, they, it's not a full thought out. You know, they think, like you said, they think that they've got a plan in place. And yet it's up to the parent to help them to complete the plan, help them to understand that you need a complete plan. And as a mom, you know, you're, you're, you're seeing the deficiencies. How do you even, like you said, how do you even okay this stuff? Because they will come to you with a plan. Oh, they, they got the plan. But is it, you know, a, a plan that's solid that's going to work? And we all make mistakes, but certain things we just don't, you know, need to go into. And this here, this ain't a plan. This, this, this ain't even a plan. This this is not even a plan. Well, you keep talking to her, brother Al. Keep, keep talking to her. <laughs> keep talking to her. I will do. Well, yeah, please, please, please come back and let us know how this worked out. We need a part two on that story. Good morning, Pastor KL. Good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you today? I am okay, thank you. How are you? I am well, thank you. I am well, thank you. Good, good, good. All right. Uh, Pastor Vinny has said what he tells his boys, uh, Brother Al has talked about what he has told his boys, something you have told your son about dating. Well, I, I too, have, have used the line, big button to smile, because that's what men are attracted to. That's what little boys are attracted to. So, you know, we, we, we want to get past that. And then we also want to date with a purpose. You know, don't just date because she's cute or don't just, you know, don't just date because I need a date for tonight. You need a date with a purpose. You need to find out who she is, where she comes from, what's her aspirations. If this is someone you think that, that you might be able to hook up for with, you know, with the relationship, then you're dating with a purpose. But if you're just dating for a booty call, however, that could be a purpose, but that's not a good purpose. You know, so I... I kind of try to infuse it in all of my children, you know, date with a purpose. There has to be an outcome, you know, a greater outcome than just having this dinner, you know, just going to, to a dance. You know, after all, I mean, you can, you can eat by yourself. I tell them all the time, you know, you can go to a restaurant by yourself. You go to movies by yourself. If that's all it is, it is to get something to eat or to watch this movie, you can do that by yourself, you know, but, but date with a purpose. That, that's what I would say. Okay, so I have a question. So when you uh-huh. when you're out here, and this is for all you all you, all of you men, but based on what you just got finished saying, Pastor Kale. So when you're out here, and okay, I'm trying to put all of what you said, all of all all three of what you said together, because that, the couple of questions were were coming up. So you have, I, I'm 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 22. Let's go with with Brother Al's scenario of, of the age. I'm 22. Mm-hmm. And I'm on the phone or I'm on this dating app or however I'm connecting with this person. How do you get to know the person if we're just talking on the phone? How do you get to know the person if 
we don't ever see one another? And how do I get to the point of dating the purpose? So, Brother Al, I'm gonna start with you. You have the first leg on this one. You know, if if I'm if I need to, I'm 22 years old. You know, this is the time of my life where I need to be meeting people, and I need to just kind of see what kind of women that I that I, I, I that are out here that I am a little more attracted to. It's only so much I'm going to get to know over the phone or online or whatever it is. And, you know, we are um, willing to go, like uh, Pastor Vinny said, don't go anywhere secluded. You know, we're going to go to Applebee's or we're going to go to Olive Garden or we're going to go to the movies or we're going to go to, you know, the park or, or, you know, or show or whatever. How do I get to know a person if, I'm only dating with a purpose. So is it that I'm dating every, so in other words, I meet Mary today. I'm going to date her, quote, unquote, with a purpose. And when I see that she's not the one, then I'm going to go to the next person and I'm going to date with a purpose. I'm asking. I'm asking for clarity because I, I just need to, I need to know what, what the thought is. But Brother Al, I'm going to start with you. Well, well, one of the things, like you say, is, is is knowing what you want. You know, nobody knows what you like or what you want but you, okay? If you, you like a woman that's loud or you like a woman that's more passionate. So the first thing is knowing what you want. And then you go out and date. So well, now when you go out, I need to go with you. You need to come. Let's go out together. Let me see what you do. Do you take all the food and grab it in your hand and pick it up? You can play, you can chew with your mouth open. You know, those are things that you see that, okay, you know what, I, I don't like that too much, you know. And, so you have to go out and be around the person to get to know them. You know, we on the subway. Did you spaz out with somebody who bumped you by mistake when they was on the, getting on a train? or You know, so you those are things you will see when you're out in public. And like you said, I'm not going to Western school because I don't know what, what you want to or what you might say or what you might do. So we're going out in public. We're going to movies. We're going to dinner. Everything we do going to be an outside. We're going uptown Manhattan, walk on the streets. There's a lot of people there, you know. So those, those are things that, you know, they got to keep in mind when you're dating. Like, what do you want? You know what you want. You know what kind of woman you want. You know what kind of man you want. So then go for it. But what happens is these, these, these women, they, they look, oh, and men too, Oh, she's fine, or he's good looking, and everything goes out the window. Everything goes out the window because of the person looks or body shape. Okay, so are we talking exclusive dating, and then we're working by a process of elimination, or are we talking about you know might be two or three people that you know simultaneously I'm going out to dinner with, or I'm going to the movies with, or you know, how are we doing this, according to Brother Al? Well, well, what I'm doing, I, I think you should see, I, I think you should see, uh, uh, you know, go out with a couple of people. If, if you say, you know what, I'm looking to settle down and be with somebody. I got a couple of friends. You know, let me go out with them and, 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 and see see what happens. I, I, a perfect example, you know, I, I did it myself. And, and, you know, and me and Tamika talked about that. You know, they, when me and Tamika first started seeing each other, you know, there was a couple of girls I went out with and stuff like that. And then when I saw that Tamika is the one, and we talked about it. You know, I said, Tamika, I need to close some doors before we move forward. 
and which I did. I went to these girls. They listen. We we can't go out no more. And this, you know, I'm chilling with one like that. And me and her, we talked about it. And so I think you should get to know a few people before you say, okay, you know what? Just the one right here. I mean, it worked for me. I may not work for everybody, but that's how I feel on that. Okay, 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 okay. So, Pastor Kale, are we talking exclusive? I'm dating Mary, and I have a purpose for dating Mary. I'm not seeing anybody else. And then if it doesn't work with Mary, then I'll go to Jane. Or are we, you know, kind of move because everything is generic. We're not sleeping together. We're not anything. Because I'm seeing, you know, I'm trying to figure out what's out here. I'm trying to figure out what I want, you know. Um, you know, like Brother Al said, I ultimately know what I want per se, but, you know, certain things you can live with and certain things you just, this is just a deal breaker. But I don't know if it's a deal breaker if I don't get out there and mix around. And I, so I'm, I'm, am I seeing a few people at a time? And then like Brother Al said, you know, I, I kind of narrowed it down. You know, now I see it's Mary that I'm really kind of feeling right now. She seems to have the most in common with me. You know, is that what you're saying, or are you saying the first um, scenario? Well, okay. So, so remember, we give advice based on our experience and what and what we've gone through. That's how we give advice. So while both sounds tangible and it sounds good, you know, the second one is dangerous because what happens is that for you as a man, when we're dealing with all these women because we're dating, because we're trying to find ourselves, find who we like, while on the other side, the woman from the emotional aspect is getting attached to you. Now you find this woman who you want to be you know, just just wait. The only one you want to be with. And as Brother Al said, he has to now go and tell the story to these other women that I can't date you no more. So that could be a detriment to them as well. You know what I mean? So I say, you know, just be with that one until you realize that's not who you want, and then you move on. You know, the other thing, again, from my experience is, when you have different, uh, let's say, meals every day, like a buffet, after a while you get caught up into the buffet and you don't just want chicken every day. So that that also hurts you and them now because there's no focus. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Pastor Vinny. What say you? Yeah. Do you say, hey, you know, stick with this one, and then if he or she, because we're talking about both sides, if he or she, you know, does not quite, you know, meet what you want, then you move on and you see someone else, and then you go that way or test the waters, you know, it, because everything is generic. I want to keep saying that because everything is generic. You know, you ain't sleeping with nobody. You know, you're right. just going out and you're just experiencing life. You know, then mm-hmm. as Pastor, um, I'm sorry, Brother Al said, 
you know, well, listen, I'm going to go to John and I'm going to let John know, okay, you know what, it's time for us to slow down. You're going to let Mary know we're not going to do this anymore. Which, which way would you um, suggest? Uh, well, I, I've never been that lucky to have three on a string. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you know, um, yeah, I, you know, the, the, the terminology is, you know, is, is different for me again. Uh, but, uh, I, I think it's important and, and I, and I, I think my, my youngest son has kind of, kind of, uh, picked that up. And it's just just to find a friend, just to, just somebody to go out with and you know laugh and have a good time, because these Stokes boys will cut you off at the at the knees if, if it's not right. Okay, okay, okay. They, they they don't they don't drag a thing on. They don't, uh, um, and 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 you know. It could be brutal, uh, you know. When I look at uh, 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 Pastor Al's um, his, his scenario, um, because everybody everybody thinks that they're the one, <laughs> and then they find out they're not even on the rating rating chart. You know, it could be painful. But if you just if you just friends, you know, from the get, it, it, honest, honesty, honesty is is so important. Because uh, um, especially, especially, you know, one thing I found out when, when we were growing up, if, if, if a young lady found a young man that was halfway decent, <laughs> he honored his parents, you know, he 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 was uh, uh, industrious, getting a job, got his own ride, you know, that was a catch. That was a catch, and that that's someone they probably wouldn't want to let go. You know, but but uh, setting setting the setting the the scene, setting the scenarios, setting the you know setting the rules out front, it makes things so much easier. Okay, okay. Now that that was one of my questions. You know, one of my questions, and I I, I consistently talk about is just being friends, and I mm-hmm. I. I, I that this is just something that just don't happen, you know, these mm-hmm. days. You know, you, because I agree with you, um, um, Pastor Vinny, you know, if everybody is in the friendship mode and we know mm-hmm. everybody don't stay there, which is what Pastor KL is saying, you know, you've got, mm-hmm. and not just women, you got men who are twisted and all they need yeah. to teach is for a couple times and now they're all possessive and controlling and all that kind of stuff. So both sides are just as twisted as the next. You know, you you can't even say, you know, girls are better than boys these days because the girls, <laughs> the stuff that you see some of these girls do, it's like, whoa, they're worse than the boys. Mm-hmm. So you you really got to, uh, the, the, the world has definitely shifted, you know, as far as, you know, the roles and, and what, we're, what we are accustomed to or what we, how we grew up, you know. Yeah. But... If everybody stayed in the friendship mode, you know, then it, you know, in a perfect world, in a perfect world, then it would be easier to, um, to to operate 
in the Brother Al scenario. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, it, it, yeah. it, it would be because now you're not spending. Think about spending four or five years. Now, now here's the thing. It's not spending four mm-hmm. or five years. A friend is spending four or five years dating. It's a difference. There's a difference. Yep, it's very different. Very different. And if four or five years as a friend versus four mm-hmm. or five years as me and you dating, and I didn't spend five years with you to realize this ain't going to work, which I don't know why it would take five years, but it does sometimes, you know, it it now shifts. Well, I need to see other people because I don't want to invest two, three years here and then find out that doesn't work. My question, my next question is, do you tell your daughter something different? Anything different? I mean, even one thing different. You know, Pastor Kale, you said, you know, for for all my children. But is there something that you tell your daughter because it, it just it's it's just different than if when I'm talking to my son? What would that thing be? Well, it, it, it'll be a couple of things. One is what I just said, uh, date with a purpose. The second thing is, um, you got your own coffee. You, you, you meet that person at the restaurant. You know, you don't go to their house. Um, again, you go to the park. It's going to be an open forum. You know, and then lastly, if you're getting serious with this person, if he can't maintain you like your daddy, it's time to come home. If you can't maintain, because cause you're not going to leave home to, to go to less than what your father provides. So if he can't do better than your daddy, then you need to stay home. Okay. So let's let's talk about those two things. So first you said, listen, if you ain't, you got your own car, don't be, let nobody pick you up. Why wouldn't you tell that to your son? But my son is probably going to be the one picking, picking the, the woman up. What happens when and, and his I car breaks my, down? My, my, my. Wait, wait, wait. What happens when his car breaks down? He doesn't have his own his own ride. It's going to take him a couple of dollars, you know, and he don't have that couple of dollars right now. But he wants to see somebody, and she says, I'll pick you up. Do you give him that? And I'm, and I'm not saying right, wrong, good, bad, or indifferent. I'm asking. Do you tell him anything like that? Does that scenario ever come up? To be honest with you, no, and I'm no because because I feel that that he he's of size and of, of mentality to protect himself from a woman, you know. So it, it's a little it's a little different. It's, it's, a, it's a little unbalanced. I, I don't see unless the woman has a gun. I don't see the woman taking advantage or kidnapping my son. Okay, okay, okay. Despite the fact that we've done stories of this very thing, how guys have gone with women and she has driven him off, Mm -hmm. and now he he meeting two thugs and all kind of things. Okay, okay. The second thing... Um, you said the maintenance, you know, you're not going to leave home to eat steak where you've been eating steak. And now all this man can do is serve you or offer you chicken. If he, if he can't maintain you the way I have, then 
don't that that's not he's not for you. How do is that what right. you're saying? Right. Okay. How yes, do we blanketly tell tell a person that when we don't know the 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 the, the level where we find that that person? You know, if if you know if if we meet up, uh, and I'll give you a prom example. I remember Michael Basden, who be, who became very has a nice amount of money. He said that he used to drive, and he started thinking about the fact that he was wasting. He had a goal. He had a goal. He had a vision. And he decided that, you know, I need to shave back on some things. So, therefore, I'm going to sell my car and I'm going to ride my bike. And he said that, of course, of course, women, without having to be told by dad, (laughs) women was just not trying to hear him. And now those same women, you know, when he said, listen, I got a goal, I got a plan, I'm doing this, I'm trying to write this book, blah, 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 blah. And that very goal took him, because he stuck to the plan, it took him to higher heights. So if she, if she had met him without a car, now her daddy always provided her with a car. Now she meets the man, he doesn't have a car, but he has a goal, he has a vision. Now, do we... How how do we now balance the scale and say, okay, you know what? How many women blew? How many women blew because he wasn't driving at the time, but yet given four years, not only was he driving, but now he's accomplished. Now he's successful. How do we now work with that? You're asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm addressing okay. the things that you that okay. you that you said you tell your daughter. Well, well, I, to be honest with you, we we don't take that chance. We we don't, we don't take the okay. chance. Okay. Okay. We missed the boat. We missed the, we, we we missed the boat. But but first of all, my daughter's not going to commit. First of all, she's not she's not married, so she's not going to commit to putting you through school or waiting until you go through school to to see. The roses on the other side. You know, I, I could sit here for four years, for six years, and then after you get successful, you never marry me. So now I, now I do the bid and I do the time with you and for you, and, and I still don't get the whole stuff. No, we'll, we'll, we'll take our chances. Okay, okay, okay. Now, the scenario I gave, she's not waiting through anything. She's not investing anything like, you know, well, I'm putting him through school, like that, that type of thing. And I, I get it. I get it because we see that happen quite often. You know, women get married after, you know, or, or that's the plan. You know, he's going to go to medical school and all this stuff. And then when you look up, he didn't got through medical school, medical school and he didn't found something else. <laughs> found else. So right. the point well taken. But for this particular scenario, it did, it did not entail her, you know, uh, paying, you know, helping him pay or whatever the situation is. But point well taken. Okay. Thank you. Who I got next? Uh, Brother Al, we're coming to you. Brother Al, we're coming to you. You, you don't have girls. You don't have girls. However, however, 
is there something that you would tell your daughter that you would not tell your son and why? Yeah, I was listening to that conversation, so I was thinking, like I said, I don't have a daughter. I, I do got a granddaughter, so I'm going to be on her with my, my, my stick with the nail in it. But <laughs> um, what would I tell my daughter? You know, I, I would kind of have the same conversation, but in a different way. Like I told my son, don't, don't trust a big button or smile. You know, my, my thing when I would tell my daughter is, okay, you want to date, date with somebody that's on the same level as you. If you're getting good grades, he should be getting good grades. If he got, uh, you got plans that you want to do in life, he should have plans as well. Um, I think one thing that I tell girls and, and not the, not the uh, boys is that if you want to know how this man is going to treat you, Look at how he treats his mother. If he's disrespectful to your mother and to his mother and stuff like that, you ain't got a chance. You know, that's something I wouldn't tell my son. You know, that's oh. all. I think that that's the part right there that I would I would say that would be a different. Well, other than that, I'm, I'm telling her the same thing, but just in a different just a, just in a different matter. You know, um, so you know, don't just go because she's 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 cute and. And, and this, you know, sometimes, like you said, I'm listening to the conversation. You said, okay, well, you go to this guy, he got steak. Yeah, but he got steak, but he also could be the one beating you behind and this and that. So it's a chance whenever you date. Just because he got money or he got this don't mean that he can't beat you or treat you bad. You know, so it's a 50-50 chance when you're out there dating. Well, you're actually, you're absolutely right, Brother Al, because you do find that, we are quote unquote very surprised when we see, you know, the white collared man who's got money beating the wife or beating the girlfriend. Because again, she's gotten involved with him because she's looking at the dollar signs. She's gotten involved with him because she's looking at the status. But yet, on the flip side, he's got hair problems. So you're right, you know, sometimes we lose sight. Um, and we end up walking into something completely different. You know, we see movies and things like this all the time. This is real life, you know, where, like you said, you know, you get the steak, and, yeah, you get something else with that steak too. And a lot of times men believe that because they're offering you that steak, you're now their possession. Now they can control you. So, like you said, you know, there's some things that we have to watch out for as well. I have a question for you. Would you? You said you wouldn't tell your son the same thing about how he treats his mother. Would you ever discuss that he needs to watch the relationship that she has with her father? Yeah, you know, that's a thought, yeah. Um, I would. I would tell him that. And um, um, because again, too, you watch my how he. I mean, I, it would more so say it to the woman. I mean, to you know, to about uh, to the woman for the man. But that is something that should be discussed as well. But look at the relationship he got with her father. You know, how how that relationship with the father? Is she disrespectful to him? Is she she don't want to follow rules or or, or or listen? So if she's doing that, how could you be the head of your household? If she, you know, don't want to listen to things like that. So I think, yeah, that, that, that is a good one. Okay, okay, okay. 
Right. Okay, you know, real yeah. quick, Pastor Steph. I'm sorry. Yeah. Real quick, Pastor Steph. Um, I talked about that because I was a victim of that as well. You know, with my youngest son, mother, me and her was together. And, you know, and I had a plan. My plan was I was tired of living in a project. I want to I want to have a house. I want something to own. And, you know, her friends was in her ear. Oh, y'all don't never go nowhere. Now, we sat down and discussed it. It wasn't like we just came up with a plan. We sat down and discussed it. I said, well, I said, well, what we want to do is we want to build and move forward. You know, um, Cancun ain't going nowhere. All my friends going to Cancun, they're not going nowhere or whatever. So she, you know, she started dating someone who made more money than me at the time. And now, look at me now. I've been blessed. I own two houses. And she's still living the same project as she in the same apartment for 30 something years. So, you know, sometimes you can look at a person and see what their ambition is. If this person want to do this, are they ambition? Are they doing everything to push towards that? You know, sometimes people don't want to wait, and you, and you do miss out. Okay, okay. Nice point. Nice point, Brother Al. Nice point. Uh, Pastor Vinny, you've got a granddaughter. And, yes. you know, she's coming him to coming to you. Pop, you know, I'm dating, and, you know, you raised three boys. You know, what is that thing that you're going to tell her that you did not tell your boys? There's <laughs> not going to be a whole a whole lot of, of, of difference because the basics, the basics are, are pretty much the same. Uh, I, as a matter of fact, I was, I was just up in Jacksonville about an hour and a half away from here. My granddaughter, Ola's granddaughter, we have two, uh, it was an award ceremony, and she just knocked it out of the park. And the teacher came to me afterwards and said, you know, when I have bad kids, I put them with your granddaughter. <laughs> when I when I have kids that are not catching on to the lesson, I, I sit them with your granddaughter. And, 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 and it just melts off of her into them, and they become better students. And so I'm saying she, at, at, at this young age, She's already showing, uh, you know, I guess we call it giftedness, or she, she's showing a, a purpose in what she's doing. She, she, she loves school. She loves, you know, her family. Um, she's already embracing the basics. Uh, she's, not, she's not getting caught up with the boys thing yet, but it's early. It's early. You know, she's only she's going to be eight shortly. Uh, but uh, I think we really have to <clears throat> cue in on, on on what makes what makes these kids special. Right now, it's it's, it's not boys. Right now, it's it's her family, and um, you know they they just love coming and spending time and gleaming off of uh, uh, what they can at, at this age. Uh, right now with school, <laughs> I don't know what it's going to be, <clears throat> surely, in a couple of years. But for the right now, I, I think it's important just to uh, let her know that Pop Pop is there for her, that whatever whatever she needs, she got it, and that will help her to form her own opinions about some things. Um, her dad is... is it's kind of like me, 
but he he um he a little hot tempered. But Pop Pop is the sanctuary. Okay, I okay. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm answering the question. Well, honestly, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're not answering. You're talking about the eight-year-old. I'm not talking about the eight-year-old. I'm talking about the dating, the dating granddaughter. You know, I'm not talking about the baby. I'm talking about you know mm-hmm. if this if this were your daughter, in looking at the world as it is, you know, um, we can't look at the world as when we were growing up. You know, the world was much different. People did things differently. You know, but Mm -hmm. I do know that there's a disparaging difference when parents are talking to their sons and when they're talking to their daughters. Well, one, we know we we have to be different. We have to talk about different things with, you know, boys than you do with girls. You know, I don't have any girls, but with, with with a congregation full of boys, I had an opportunity to speak to the boys or the young men on from a female side and, and to let you know, because I'm very generic. I, I do not play sides. I do not mm-hmm. play sides. And I've said this to y'all before. I've gotten in a whole lot of trouble with the ladies. I've gotten beat up because they feel like I, I side with the, with, the, with, the, with the men. But I do know that raising girls, you know, and, 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 you know, speaking to them, I would have something different to say. To, there were certain things, like you all have said, that I would say on both sides. And then there were things, there are conversations that you have to have with your girls that you don't have with the boys. And I, I, had, I, had, a, I had a set of young men, and, and I'll, I'll give you an example. I had a set of young men. We had Men's Day, and we were talking. And I actually had a couple of the men say, and a couple of them were in relationships, or and there was one that a couple that were married. There were a few that was married at the table, and actually, they found nothing wrong with the woman who brought them lunch. And I'm like, why? Why don't you see? Oh, you know, she was just being nice, and you know, she was. Uh, uh, she said she claimed she had extra lunch. And she brought, no, no, we don't do that. We don't, and I wasn't talking from a female side of like a mother, you know, and it says, well, you know, well, you, you don't do that. No, I was talking for their safety. I was looking for their safety. I'm like, no, you do, no, the, the women play games. Women do all kinds. I said, well, did they know you were in a relationship or did they know you were married? And they just ne- it just didn't cross their minds that she could be maneuvering in a manner of getting, you know, close to him. They just simply thought she was being nice. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you have got to be. It never crossed their mind. You should have seen the way they looked at me. I was like, y'all never thought about this? Now, then I spoke from a pastoral side, a, a mother's side, an older woman's side. Of Someone said, listen, you're in a relationship. You, you, don't, you, know, you don't allow that. You don't cross those boundaries. You know? But my first thought was, what are you walking into? 
How is this going to be detrimental to you? So I do understand, you know, that we do have very different conversations, you know, because men ain't going. Men may say, "I'm gonna take you out." You know, it's a different. It's a different uh, presentation. You know what I'm saying? It's a different presentation. But, you know, they ain't really bringing no food. You know, if he's going to try to, you know, slither in, you know, he's going to call himself being a chef. He's going to chef it up. You know, little stuff like that. As common as with women. You know what I'm saying? So I do understand that despite the fact that there are generic things that you speak from both sides, you know, that both uh, male and female should be concerned with, there are things that we do talk to our girls about that we don't talk to our boys about and vice versa. So, um, you know, just wanted to get, you know, an idea of of how this is going down um, in the world. Mm -hmm. And I thank you so much, gentlemen, for your contribution into today's conversation. And uh, we pray you have a blessed weekend. You have a blessing as well. Pastor, we got to talk more on this. There's there's a lot more stuff we got to talk more on this. All right, mm. now I, I'm not listening. Amen. Let's get it going. We got to make sure these people stay educated. All right, brother Al, thank you so much, gentlemen. Have a blessed one. You too. All right, you too. Thank you. All righty. Okay. Interesting perspectives. Uh, we have uh, arrived at our moment. We we are going to, you know how Pastor Steph says, we're going to hold hands and hold hearts, and we're going to go before the Lord. Heavenly Father, God, we come before you and we say thank you. You can't, can't say anything to you before we thank you for just even being gracious enough to wake us up this morning and with brand new mercies. And, God, we're grateful because you love us just like that. Thank you. Thank you that you have given us another opportunity to get it right. Thank you. Thank you, God, when we see how you have just, whether we deserve it or not, you just continue to love us with your loving kindness, with a level of gentleness. God, you said you would never leave us nor forsake us, and you have not done it yet. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for the lives that were on today, that they wake up with the intention to minister and to help your people grow and to give a perspective um, from you. And we ask you, God, that as all of our due time crew come on, that they would keep themselves open up to be used by you, God, that their, your words would be their words, that your will and your way would be their will and their way. We're, 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 we're humbling ourselves before you, dear Heavenly Father, as we would, we, we're asking you to just continue, continue to work us as clay, God, molding us and shaping us into who you want us to be, not even to who we want to be, not even, you know, we're all over the age of 50 here, God, and we don't have, hopefully we don't have the mentality that, you know, I am who I am, I've been this way all my life, no, but that we would keep ourselves open for how you would give us 
a new way of thinking. Give us a new way of living. Give us a new way of speaking to Heavenly Father so that we can continually be used by you, dear Heavenly Father, that we won't even max ourselves out. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. As we not only minister to the listeners, God, but we minister to one another. And we thank you for that opportunity, to Heavenly Father, to be used by you. We don't even know if that's the only reason why you're waking us up every day. We don't have any idea, but we say thank you. Because you treat us better than we treat ourselves, God. You continually look beyond our faults and find our need, dear Heavenly Father. Thank you. Thank you, God. Your word says, delight yourself in me and I will give you the desires of your heart, God. So you don't only want to give us our necessities. You want to give us the things that we would like to have, dear Heavenly Father. And right now, dear Lord, we're lifting up everyone who is in the single arena, God. Whether they have a desire to see someone, date someone, spend time with someone, whatever it is that they're thinking or feeling, God, we're asking that you help to put all of their thinking, feeling, and doing and speaking in its proper perspective. That you would help them to understand where their priorities are. That you would help them to understand that if you, if we put you first, that you would give us the desires of our heart. So if the desire is to have a husband or a wife, if the desire is to get out there and mingle, if that's what you want for us, then that's what you will give us. If we defer to what you want, defer to how you would like it done, that we would understand that this would just add to the beauty of the process, the Heavenly Father. And, Lord, we're thanking you for introducing yourself to us. And this way we have an opportunity to help people understand that you need a Savior, that that Savior needs to come first. God needs to come first because afterwards all these things, would be put into its proper order. Your word says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. God, we get so many things out of order because we don't put you first. And, Lord, that's why we're lifting, we're lifting all the single people up to you today. Because they will go with not only their past experiences, but their parents' experience, their sibling experience, their friends, the things they see on TV, the things they see in movies, the things they hear. And, Lord, we we, we, we don't want them to be molded by all of those entities. We want them to be shaped and molded by you. So no matter what you have for their life, the process that you have for their life, it would be considered and walked in. And the only way we're going to know that is if we connect with you, God. So, Lord, we're praying that we have helped someone today understand that they need to come to you first. They need to present themselves to you first, God, that you need to clean them up from a whole lot of things. 
before they even begin the process of dating or seeing someone or whatever they want to call it, God. That we always need to be in 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 the in the arena of being prepared, of being shaped and molded and emptied out. Because we just bring in so much garbage into relationships, not just intimate relationships, but even friendships. So, Lord, we're asking you to help anyone who is in that portion of their life. They've reached that stage of their life that you would help them put everything in its proper order. We have to come to you for this, God. We cannot assume that they're going to be all right. We can't. We need to lift this before you. These are our children. These are our grandchildren. These are great-grandchildren. These are nieces and nephews. They're brothers and sisters. And this world is suffering because they're thinking they can do these things without you. So, Lord, we pray that we've helped to shed that light today that nothing should be done, not only without you, but without putting you first, because that's what makes the difference. Giving you the first fruit over every aspect of our life. And we thank you, God, for not just instilling that, but introducing that today. Giving you the glory and honor. So rightly do your name today, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Mm. You know, as you you know, as you go through life, things shift. I remember one of the things I I would really admire about my grandmother. She would teach us things, and it was always biblically based. It was never what she said, and. It, it was never from her perspective. It was always she could take it to the Bible. But if she learned or if God had given her anything new, if he had given her a better understanding than what she had, she had no problem with coming back and saying, God has showed me something different. And I think that's the way we need to maneuver. And as life has gone on and I look at the way I used to understand the word of God, and, I, I you know, there's, in some areas there's been a shift because God has given me a new understanding. Because when you read that scripture for the 500th time, you're like, whoa, you know, that's just me. I'm, I'm just kind of out there you're going to get a different view and understanding. Why? Because of where you are at the time. You know, when you, you, again, it says we have to go from milk to meat. So when you're in the milk stage, you're going to understand things from a milk stage. When you're in the meat stage, you're going to understand it in the meat stage. You know, the way I chew food you know, I chewed food when I was 29. I can't chew that food the same way anymore because I have no back teeth. I have no back bottom teeth. I didn't let them pull out everything. Well, guess what? They also pulled out. Not think. Oh, pay attention. Pay attention. When, when, when my teeth would start messing up, I didn't have problems with my teeth until I was like in my 30s. 
My teeth were fine until I was in my 30s, and then I started having problems with my teeth. And because I was 30 years old, when the dentist would say, I could do a root canal, I was like, ah, we ain't doing all that. Pull it out. And I kept doing that. Here I am, 56, and now I can't chew my food the same. Why? Because I don't have the teeth that it takes to break down my food. So that also means I notice when I eat certain foods, the food gets lodged in my chest. Why? Because I'm thinking I only needed 10 chews to get this food, you know, down when I actually needed 30 chews to get the food. That's exactly the way we digest and we chew God's food based on when we're reading it. Based on when we're reading the Bible. You know, if I was reading the Bible at 29 and I was rushing all the time, then that's the way I'm going to chew that food. But now that things have shifted in your life, you can't chew that food and think you're going to swallow it after 10 bites. You're going to have to chew that food a little bit more because it means something different now. It should mean something different now. And I think what's happening with a lot of us is we're taking what we, how we used to chew and how we digested the food, and that's going to take us until the day we die. But a smart individual, an individual that has stayed connected with God, will understand that I need to let God deal with me and this food today. How is this food affecting me today? How is this scripture affecting me today? It doesn't mean the same thing it meant when I was 29, when I was 20. You know, I was just doing Bible study with someone the other day, and I was we were doing the Ten Commandments. And I said, I've been reciting this Ten Commandments since I was a kid, reciting it. I say reading it, reciting it, for, because of repetition. We used to say it every Sabbath. So after a while, it just got a, psh, comes a part of your, you know, your memory. And when I read the Ten Commandments now, when I recite the Ten Commandments now, something hit me. It's something that I have been standing on, but never realized that I could actually include what was said in the Ten Commandments. Now, I had other scripture, other scripture that I could, you know, base what I was saying on. But in all the years I've said the Ten Commandments, never realized that I could actually pull, a, you know, a piece of that to add to the scriptures for this particular topic. And I was like, wow. Again, it's where you are in your life when you read these scriptures. So sometimes, you know, the things that we believe this scripture meant, and remember I always say the scripture is narrow but broad, broad but yet narrow, you know, it, it has a whole entire different meaning as we grow. And we need to make sure that we evolve can't mean the same thing. It can't. It can't mean the same thing. It has to have some growth to it. It has to be expanded and mean more than it meant 
when we read it 15 years ago, when we read it 15 weeks ago, when we read it 15 days ago, it should, it should evolve and it should have a deeper meaning and we should get a better understanding. And what happens a lot of times is we, 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 grow, we grow stale. This is the way it meant. This is the way it's always meant. And we have nothing else to offer. And is it the end of the world? No. Because if you have the, the the right meaning, then, you know, you're still on the right track. But we don't want to stay there. We don't want to stay there. We want to grow. We want to grow in the Lord. At least we should. We should want to grow in the Lord. We should show God that the more I study, the more I connect with you, the more you're giving me. I got a deeper understanding. I understand more yes uh, today than I did yesterday. We want to grow. Grow in the Lord. I was never one to want to just stay still. I I I, I get. Mm mm. Uh. I I want to do more. I want to do more. I I can't just do the same thing the same way all the time. Even if I'm doing it. All the time. It just it has to look different. It has to feel different. It has to seem different. I don't want to move so far that it's no longer correct or no longer has the effect that it need the effect it needs to have. However, it has to have has to have some growth. And I think a lot of people are stale. A lot of us are stale, and we don't realize we're stale. And you know, just seek God that he continues to, you know, work on your understanding. You know, he study yourself to show yourself approved. You're not who you used to be. So God is expecting us to grow. If he's saying we should move from milk to, to meat, then that's right there showing you he's expecting us to grow. You don't always feel, feed your baby milk. After a while, that baby's going to need some other nutrients. So that baby's going to need to get what it needs to grow. The baby will grow, but will it grow nourished? Will it grow healthy? healthy? No, if all you give it is milk. So come on, I invite you to grow with God. Get that relationship, you know, better with God. You know, get into a deeper relationship with the Lord. So we don't look stale, so that we don't grow stale, so that we're not stale. Come on. That's the invitation today. Let's grow and let's make it happen in the Lord. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew, my men, for taking us into a thought-provoking weekend. Thank you for hanging out with us all week. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.